Our sermon today is going to be again about faithfulness. And as I was praying about my sermon, my last sermon about faithfulness, I realized that I focused on the external manifestations of it and not how God brings us there, how God brings us to faithfulness through our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I ask you to please rise out of honor of God's word as we look at Galatians 5, 22 through 26. That's found on page 1,259, yeah, 39 in your Black Pew Bible and 1,418 in the Adventure Bible. Galatians 5, verses 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for these truths. I thank you for what you are doing in our lives through the Spirit. And I pray that we would have the wisdom to partner with him. Lord, to seek him, to walk with him. Lord, that you might produce these things in us. Lord, let us abide in you now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. (laughs) And I didn't finish the reading, but we'll be okay. I've read this so many times. I hope you all have that memorized because remember, against these things, there is no law. And so you're wondering, well, how should I feel in this situation? Well, there you got it. You should feel peaceful. You should feel joyful. You should feel faithful. And so as we think about today, we're getting into faithfulness. And again, like I said last week, I talked about what does this look like from the outside? And you know, it's it's hard to describe these things from the outside because depending on who you are, you're going to manifest this stuff differently. It's going to come out of you differently. And I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again because it, we need to remember. We need to remember that these are the fruit of the Spirit. These are not the fruit of the truly determined Christian. Right? And so if I finally get my stuff together, then I will produce the fruits of the Spirit. No. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So how do we get the Spirit? What does Jesus tell us? You know, remember when he says, if any of, you, if any of your sons ask you for a loaf of bread, you give them a rock, stone, whatever. If they ask you for a fish, will you give them a, a serpent? No. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so where do we go for the Holy Spirit? We go to God. God, I find in my life this lack of faithfulness. How do I work it up better? No. God, I find in my life this lack of faithfulness. Give me your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. This is what we're called to ask. And this Pentecost Sunday, we need to remember that, that this isn't by us being good Norwegians and pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and getting to it. No. It's in our relationship with God. Come back to God. God, I'm finding a lack of joy in my life. What do I need? I need God. So come back to God. 
I find a lack of peace. Come back to God. I find a lack of love. Have you guys ever experienced that? I have. <laughs> Come back to God. That's the point. That's the point of going through all of this. If I'm finding this lack in my life, where do I go? To myself, because I'm a good Scandinavian. <laughs> no, you can't do it. We can't do it. The Holy Spirit does. And that shouldn't be. Like, this is Christianity. This isn't Islam. In Islam, you fix yourself. Do these things enough and then you will be acceptable to Allah. In Buddhism, dedicate yourself enough and you will be able to enter into nirvana. In Hinduism, be good enough for en enough lifetimes and you'll, be, you'll enter again into Brahman. Christianity, call on God. He'll fix you. Well, that's too easy. Yep. Call on God. Go back to Him. Trust in Him. Hope in Him. Because that's what this is all about. That's what faithfulness is about. Faithfulness, this, this word, um, pistis, in the Greek, is what we translate into belief, faith, or trust. And so as we come to this faithfulness, we could say that this is faith-filledness. That's not a word, and so... I didn't call it that. I, I wanted to, but I'm like, I don't know how to text that out. Um, I don't know how to send that to Linda and get it across. So this is, this is faithfulness. This is us being full of faith. And so what does this look like in our lives? When we're filled with the Spirit, we trust God. Did, right? Like this isn't, this isn't some mind-blowing thing. I don't have anything new to present to you guys today. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are going to trust God. Now, if that doesn't sound if that sounds normal, that's good. But what we normally do is we don't trust God. We trust our circumstances. Well, my circumstances are going well. That means God is with me. Right? That's not reality. Because what am I trusting? What am I trusting instead of the promise of God that God will... Does Jesus say that God will be with you sometimes? And though I'm with you always, uh, kind of. 90% of the time. Though I'm with you when you feel it. No! I'm with you always. Well, God, my circumstances show that things aren't going the way that I wanted. And God then says... Why does what you want determine my will? Right? And so when our circumstances look bad, that means that God is still with us. When things aren't going according to the way that I planned, because God always approves of my plans. Right? Thankfully not. No, when things aren't going according to my plan, God is still with me. God is still working. God, this is really hard. Because as Lindy was asking me about this week, you know, uh, did we miss easy in this? Like, if, if I'm really trusting God, then things are going to be easy. N no. You think it was easy for Jesus to suffer under Pontius Pilate, be crucified, die, and be buried? You think that was easy? It's like, yeah, this will be fun, God. Okay, I'm with it. No, what does he say in the Garden of Gethsemane? Lord, if it's possible, 
Let this cup be passed from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, what you will. So who did that, how did Jesus interact with that? Peter tells us that he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And so if you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to trust God, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, regardless of the difficulty, regardless of, of your senses, regardless of the way the world looks to you. Paul goes so far as to say in the book of Romans, quoting Psalms, quoting David in Psalms, let, every, let God be true and every man a liar. Are you willing to stand with God against everybody in the whole world? That's trust, right? That's what this word means. This is faith-filledness. We trust God. And also then, if I am being filled with the Spirit, trusting God, what am I pursuing? Now it's God's will. Because I've crucified my passions and my desires, so I'm no longer trusting. I was having a conversation with someone. I, I apologize. I don't know when it was. It was sometime in the last six weeks. <laughs> You've had six weeks like that, yes. Um, so I was having a conversation with someone, and they were saying, you know, I w- I've really been good at manipulating people all my life. Until I finally realized that I can't trust myself to want what's best for me. And so I finally had to surrender that and stop doing it and trust that God is going to lead me. And I thought, wow, that's, that's quite a confession. That this person who grew up manipulating people, who lived their lives manipulating people, finally realized that they didn't know best. And so they had ordered their life and they had ordered their community around them. The people, Because that's what manipulation is, right? It's changing people, change, working on their emotions, working on their thoughts, manipulating people. Well, manipulating. We manipulate by manipulating. <laughs> Sounds like one of my confirmants. <laughs> do not use the word in the definition itself. You can't do that. It's a no-no. Um, we, we move them so that we can get what we want. But the person who is faith-filled is ordered towards God. And so instead of them ordering their lives, they are ordered everything towards God. Instead of ordering it so that I can get what I want, so that ordering it so that I can get the promotion, ordering my life so I can get more fame, ordering my life so I can get more promote not more promotions, but more power, more prestige. I like these Ps. <laughs> So ordering my life so that I can get what my culture tells me I should want. I order my life towards God. And so it's focused. It's ordered. It's organized to that point. Because I've had multiple discussions with Janet on how to organize my life, organize my office. And as you can tell, I don't always listen. Um, <laughs> I do always listen. I don't always implement. That's different. Um, it's the question, why do I have this stuff? What's it here for? No, if I've got stuff just to have stuff, then it's not really serving a purpose. And now it's disordering my life. 
But the person who is filled and fit with faith towards God says, well, if this thing's pulling me away from God, I got to get rid of it. If this thing's pulling me away from God, I've got to get rid of it. If this thing is helping me come towards God and fulfill the mission of God, then I keep it. It's organized for a purpose. It's ordered because it, all of the stuff that we have, you know what? It's purpose. You know why God gave it to us? You know why God gave us everything we have? Why did God give us the clothes that we wear and the cars that we drive and the houses that we live in? Why? So that we could better serve him. That's the goal. And so why, do, why does God give me a bed to sleep in? So that I might actually be well rested. I got to use it. But nevertheless, it's so that I might be well rested so I can serve him. Because I'll tell you what, I get kind of holy when I get tired. Jen's shaking her head. Yes, yes, Joe, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. I didn't know you knew me well that well. But, oh, well. That, why has God given us this stuff? This is what it's for. I've got to get a new one because this one, it, it doesn't look so good driving this car. So what? If that car helps you serve God, keep it. doesn't matter what it looks like on you or you in it or however you want to say that. Because the whole life is focused on God. And this is what it looks like when we're filled with faith. Because now we're trusting that God knows best. I don't have to organize the, my life around me for my sake. I organize my life around me for his sake. Because this is what the Holy Spirit is calling me to do, to live my life for him. And so if this thing in my life, whatever this thing is, is keeping me from following God, is drawing me into something else, I'm willing to sacrifice it, to get rid of it, to give it away, to throw it away, to throw it in the garbage. Because my life has a goal, and that goal is Christ. So our lives are to be faith-filled. The cool thing about that is when our lives then become faith-filled and ordered, they actually become restful. Does that mean you're not busy? No. That means that you have a level of emotional and mental rest because you know that as things try to distract you, how many of you get exhausted if you have too many distractions? Any of you? Like, I'm listening to um, little people in my house talking to my wife. I'm not going to name who they are. Um, <laughs> mom? 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 Come look at this. Mom? 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 And I'm sitting there. It's like, I'm feeling anxious just listening to this. How do you handle it all day? And she goes, I just learned to ignore it. <laughs> Except for Anton. Anton never does that, right, Anton? Yep. Um, but there's all these distractions pulling her away. You know, she's doing this, or her and I are talking, and then someone says, Mom, Mom, come here, come here. Yeah, okay, what? Uh, look at this. She's like, Daddy and I were talking. And that's tiring, changing your focus all the time. Maybe it doesn't bother some of you, but it bothers me. I have a hard time with that because I'm male and I focus on things. But it's restful because now I know what my job is. I don't have to be worried about it. I don't need to worry about what am I going to do? What's my next step? I know what my job is. I am here to reveal Christ. This is what my job is. If God called me away from the pastorate, you know what he would have me do? He would have me be a Christian. Wherever I am, whatever I do. Like this is my primary calling. Whether I'm pouring cement or preaching. It's to represent Christ. This is it. So are you a farmer? Your main job is to represent Christ. You're a Christian first. 
Christianity rises above every other earthly calling. I'm a Christian father. I'm a Christian pastor. Now, I shouldn't have to say that, but I still have to. I'm a Christian pastor. I'm a Christian friend. This is my main calling, and now I don't have to worry about it. What do I do in this relationship? I bless them. It's not about my glory. It's about Christ's. How do I bless this person so that they want more of Jesus? How do I pour cement so that the people around me want more of Jesus? How do I interact with the drivers so that the people around me want more of Jesus? Because that's my main calling through my job. People call that the shadow mission. If you interact with mission circles, you'll hear that. What's your shadow mission? Your shadow mission, you're using these things so that you can bring Christ in. Talking to Lisa about that one day. Why does she coach so she can bring Christ in? Not just so that little people can run faster. Although some of them are bigger than her, so, you know, whatever. So it's restful. I don't have to worry about all this stuff. I can focus. I can focus on Christ. And in that, then it becomes fearless because all of these things in the world can pass away because I know what my main job is. I don't have to fear what my government can do to me. I don't, I don't have to fear the person who can kill the body because you know what? Through my death, it's possible that Christ will be glorified. That's why, um, you know, you, you read these crazy stories about the church fathers and people going through these times of martyrdom and how they pursued martyrdom. Like uh, Perpetua, uh, if you ever, Voice of the Martyrs put out something called Torch Lighters and they've got a story about Perpetua. So if you want to watch it, it's, it's fantastic. They did such a great job. It's a cartoon, but they did such a great job. And Perpetua willingly associated with the Christians when she could have denied Christ. But she willingly associated with the Christians because she knew that even in her death, she was going to be doing the job that God called her to. She didn't fear death. She didn't fear the loss of stature. She didn't fear what they could do to her body. She didn't fear that. She didn't fear the lions. Why? Because she was filled with faith towards God. She trusted God. That this is what God called her to. That this is what God put her into. That God would take care of her in the midst of it. That God would take care of her no matter what happened. She trusted God. And this is what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. And you're like, I wish I had a faith like that. But you know what you do? Ask. Lord, fill me with faith. But not just faith. Fill me with your Spirit. Because it's the Spirit that produces such faith. This is what we want. How many of you can say, you know what, I don't, I want my life to be chaos. Don't worry, I've experienced enough of it. That's not the point. I want my life to be all about me. How satisfying is that? How many of you have ever lived for yourselves? Is that a good time? When you're all done with it, you're like, oh, that was a waste. When you finally got what you wanted, And doesn't satisfy. Why? Well, we haven't been trusting Christ to provide, to give, to bless, to work, to move. Trust Christ. And then we can live in this world ordered, focused on Him. We can live in this world restfully, trusting Him, knowing that He will organize this world to bring about what is best for Him. You know, we had some fantastic experiences pouring the cement and getting stuff ready for this house. Because it's like, 
okay, things aren't working out the way we had planned. Lord, trust you. Lord, I trust you. Show me what you're doing. You guys ever prayed that? Lord, show me what you're doing. And as I, after I, you know, sometimes it takes longer this week because things were condensed. God blessed that and answered it. It's like, you don't get to work out at the farm today because you have someplace else you need to work. You don't, you have to stop early today because people you're working with need rest. Like, oh, well, thank you, Lord. Thank you then for providing in ways that I couldn't see. So it's restful. I don't have to worry about that. Things aren't going according to my plan. So what? I know someone who knows better. And then I can live fearlessly. Things aren't going according to my plan. What's going to happen? You guys ever done that? Oh, no! I'm no longer in control! Cool. Praise God that he is. Does that mean things are always going to work out the way you want? Absolutely not. Does that mean things are always going to work out to be good? Absolutely. Because the more you trust God, the more of his faithfulness you will see. Because that's the point. That's what it means to be filled with his spirit. And so if you find doubt in your life, what do you do? Kick yourself, right? No! Go to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I need to be filled. Fill me. Ask for forgiveness. But then ask him to fill you. Any questions? This is what faithfulness is. It's not hard. It's just that we usually excuse ourselves for our lack of faithfulness. Don't do that. It's all right. Everybody worries at times like this. Yeah, they do, but they don't know Jesus. You don't have to. I know worrying is fun, right? All of you like feeling anxious at times. No, it's terrible. Well, any mother would feel this way. Like, probably most do. But you can trust Jesus. Any father would act like that. Yeah, most of them do. But you can trust Jesus. Because you know what? You can trust Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, forgive me for not trusting you to the level that you deserve. Because you have never failed. As David said, I was young and am now old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. But may we trust you as you deserve. Lord, may you fill us with your spirit that we might trust you as you deserve. That we might actually be faithful. We think of this as not of, our, of ourselves, but rather this is of you. And that we can always feel free to trust you. Blessed be your name. Guide us in this now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.